Welcome to the NASCAR Field Filler Podcast. Check out our new website for all your news, updates, and episodes at NASCARfieldfiller.com. We have one spot left in the field, so let's fill up the last row with our host, Vanilla Wafers. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the back of the field. This is Vanilla Wafers, and thank you for tuning in to the Field Filler Podcast. We just had what is possibly the best race of 2021 for both the Cup Series and the Xfinity Series here at Martinsville Speedway. And let's be honest, we're not really that surprised because Martinsville is without a doubt one of the greatest, if not the greatest track on the NASCAR Cup Series schedule. And I think this weekend proved why it is considered one of the greatest races to watch in the year because guess what it is good action-packed short track racing we saw everything we saw passing left and right we saw people bumping and banging we saw rivalries form we saw a water bottle get thrown we saw someone tackle someone else everything happened uh the only thing that probably did not happen was a side-by-side finish well maybe in stage two that count but not at the end end that's like the only thing that did not happen in this race for both the Cup Series and the Xfinity Series. So there's a lot to talk about. Let's get into it. Let's first start off with the Xfinity race, the Cookout 250 at Martinsville. Alrighty, we had ourselves a 250 lap main event here for the Xfinity Series. There were three drivers who missed the race. Can you guess who they were? Ronnie Bassett Jr., Jordan Anderson, and Andy Lally. They're in a three-way tie for that last place. It is dreadful to keep seeing that every single week. And there was a total of 12 cautions for 75 laps, 13 lead chains amongst nine different drivers. Who was the one who came out victorious in the end? It was the rookie, the number eight of Josh Berry. Finally, some good luck goes in his direction, and he gets a victory for JR Motorsports in that number eight machine. Congratulations to Josh Berry. He is your winner of the seventh race of the Xfinity Series. Finishing second is the number nine of Noah Gregston. Finishing third, we have the number 18 of Daniel Hemrick. Finishing fourth is another rookie, the number 54 of Ty Gibbs. Finishing fifth is the number 19 of Brandon Jones. Sixth place, we have the number 22 of Austin Sinrick. Finishing seventh is the number 20 of Harrison Burton. Eighth place, we have the number 11 of Justin Haley. Ninth place is the number seven of Justin Allgaier. And round out the top 10, the number one of Michael Annette. Some noticeable drivers who finished outside the top 10 that I should talk about uh, the number 16 at AJ Allmendinger had a little bit of a rough race finished 13th Jeremy Clements had a really good run at the beginning just finished 14th near the end uh, number 17 at JJ Yelly he finished 8th in both the stages just went one lap down and he finished 24th and then we have Riley Herbst with more bad luck in that number 98 machine he finishes 29th and then the other rookie Ryan Vargas in the number six getting some heavy damage on lap number 97 he gets out early in the race and he finishes 40th overall and that is your final results here in this Xfinity race so so one of the biggest takeaways that I want to have in this race is the Xfinity series has just been fun here at the beginning of the 2021 season. It's honestly what the Cup Series is trying to be. You know, they keep doing that uh, slogan, the best season ever. The Xfinity series is kind of showing what the best season could look like in a series because 
My goodness, the action and the predictions are just all over the place. I mean, who would have thought that Josh Berry and Ty Gibbs, both rookies, would get victories this early in the season? Now, you could argue that Michael McDowell and Christopher Bell were drivers that no one thought would get a victory. Yes, I do agree to that. But I think these ones are bigger shockers because they're only part-time drivers and they're getting victories. And it's not only just like they dominate the entire race. There's been multiple contenders. And you can't really say that for every single cup race. Yeah, there's like two, maybe even three cars at most that have a chance to win the race. Here in the Xfinity Series, we have been seeing like five or more drivers each and every race have an opportunity to win. And this race was another great example. Josh Berry, he led the most laps. He led a 95 laps, almost 100. But you also had Harrison Burton leading 52 laps. You had the Joe Gibbs drivers leading 28 laps each. Um, that's Daniel Hemrick and Ty Gibbs. I just realized I said Harrison Burton like he's not a Joe Gibbs driver. And then also Noah Gregson near the end. He almost wins this race. So you did not know who was going to be victorious at the halfway point. And that's something that's really fun about these races and it makes you want to watch from beginning to end. You don't really want to tune in in the last few laps because you miss so much. And some races, honestly, here most recently in the Cup Series in the last couple of years, you really want to flip on for the last 40 laps because that's the only damn interesting thing that's going on. Here in the Xfinity Series, not so. And that's really great. And the other thing is the aggression that these drivers have. They're not all just like suited up and just like, well, uh, you know, gee willikers, it was a really bad race for us, and I can't believe that guy spun me out. I'm just going to wave my finger at him and say, ooh, you got one coming, and I'll give him a bump here in the next couple of weeks. It really doesn't feel like that, because what happened here a couple weeks ago, we had Noah Gregson and Daniel Hemrick really trying to knock each other out, and then after this race, we have... Greg Galding and Graf Jr. just going at it on pit road. Yes, it was more of just a tackle, and that was really about it. But who gives a damn? This is what fans want to see. They want to see emotion. And this is the X-Fandy drivers have it each and every single week, and it's absolutely awesome. And the last thing I want to bring up is we keep having a lot of smaller teams competing for top 10s and top 5s. Yeah, it didn't pan out in the end. I mean, the best one was Jeremy Clements. It's still the family-owned team running the top 10 for most of the race. He finishes 14th. But you know what? This is what fans love. They love a good underdog story. And the Cup Series has been trying to do that. You've seen some drivers and some teams uh, get some good finishes here and there. I mean, Daniel Suarez was really great to see. But Honestly, it's nothing compared to what the Xfinity Series has been able to do recently, and well done by them. They have been going in the right direction for so long. I want to start watching more Xfinity races if they're going to be more like this each and every week. If I if I have an opportunity to see an underdog get a top five finish, I see a little bit of a scrapple there on pit road after the race, and then even see um, a driver who well-deserved won the race but was considered a guy that was kind of a long shot. I want to keep watching those races. So well done to the Xfinity Series here at Martinsville. It was really well done. The only problem I have is the fact that it rained out once again um, this weekend. So they had to go towards Sunday instead of Friday night. I think that's the only bummer out of this race. Now let's move on to the Cup Series.
Yes, the excitement. Oh my gosh, another night race here at Martinsville. It was never going to happen. Now we get to see it. And then Mother Nature screwed us over again. I'm telling you, that I swear, this is probably actually a good conspiracy theory. I, I mentioned one way long ago. About a year ago, when this podcast was first starting, that Daryl Waltrip was getting freaky with Mother Nature because he is no longer in the announcer's booth. So there's a curse now when they're racing on Fox, and that is rain always comes in and delay the races. What has happened this year? Once again, more delay races at the ones that everyone wants to watch. Bristol Dirt Race, hell yeah. Rain's out. We got to wait a little bit. Martinsville, we got to wait once again. It's not going to be a night race. It's going to be a day race. Daryl Waltrip, please quit fondling Mother Nature's tits and just let us enjoy our races because I'm starting to think more and more that this conspiracy theory is legit because, oh my God, how many times are we going to see this over and over? A great race getting ready to start on. Everyone's getting ready to tune in and then boom, rain delay. Next day, not many people care. I swear, if I go to a race this season and it gets rained out because I live on the West Coast and it's nothing but desert over here, so water doesn't really exist. If I get a rained out race, I am going to go right towards the flagger, drop my pants, and reveal my anus to him. And I will be 86 from every single NASCAR race. I don't want that to happen because I love NASCAR. That is the situation we're in, so hopefully that does not happen. But... We also did have the Cup Series race here on Sunday, and let me tell you, it was a crazy race. 15 cautions for 102 laps. One-fifth of this race was ran under caution. And then we had 18 lead changes among seven different drivers. Great action-packed race. We thought it was going to be between Ryan Blaney and Denny Hamlin at the end. But no, Martin Tretch Jr. gets his second victory of the season in that number 19 Bass Pro Toyota for Joe Gibbs Racing. He is your winner of the eighth race of the Cup Series 2021 season. Finishing second, we have the number nine of Chase Elliott. Finishing third, the aforementioned Denny Hamlin leading 276 laps in this race. He finishes third. Fourth place, we have the number 24 of William Byron. Fifth place is number five of Kyle Larson. Sixth place, we have the number 22 of Joey Logano. Seventh place is number 20 of Christopher Bell. Eighth place, the number eight of Tyler Reddick. Finishing ninth, we have the number four of Kevin Harvick. And round out the top 10, a damage, but still a top 10, the number 18 of Kyle Busch. Finishing 11th, we have the number 12 of Ryan Blaney. 12th place, we got the number 21 of Matt DiBandetto. 13th is the number 17 of Chris Busher. 14th, the number 3 of Austin Dillon. 15th, the number 47 of Ricky Stenhouse Jr. Finishing 16th is the number 23 of Bubba Wallace. Finishing 17th, we have the number 42 of Ross Chastain. 18th, the number 41 of Cole Custer. 19th, the number 6 of Ryan Newman. And rounding out the top 20, the number 10 of Eric Amarola. Some noticeable drivers who finished outside the top 20 that we should mention. We have Kurt Busch in the number 1. He did finish 10th in the second stage, but just had so much bad luck in this race. He finishes 21st, broken and battered, but he was still able to finish at the end. And then we had a big old pileup that happened on lap 384 to 386, right around in there, where it collected people like Eric Jones, Michael McDowell, Daniel Swartz, Brad Keselowski, Alex Bowman, Justin Haley, Ryan Priest. All those drivers got collected in this accident, taking them all out. They finished between 30th and 36th in this race. And then lastly, the number seven of Corey LaJoy gets into an accident as well on lap number 374. He finishes 37th and last in this race. And that is your final results here for the Blue Emu 500. Now, this race almost took 24 hours to complete. Just like I said, the rain delay sucks ass and I just hate 
rain so much. I Hopefully, they get those rain tires out soon because I know Kyle Larson was actually testing that. So maybe by the end of the year, we don't got to worry about that anymore. But this race was so much fun. It was everything that we wanted to see from a short track race. And there was so much unpredictability. Cars were bumping and banging all over the place. We saw cars that looked like they just got done with a demolition derby finishing the race. I mean, hell, look at Ryan Newman's car. That thing was battered and destroyed, and it still finished 19th. And like I said, Kyle Busch, his car was beat up. Matthew Bandettos was beat up. And they still were able to finish in the top 12. It's good old-fashioned Martinsville. It's what we used to miss because... Remember Dale Earnhardt Jr. Um, more than about 15 years ago when he was able to finish that race with his car that was just absolutely destroyed? People love that. It is still mentioned in this day. You still see YouTube videos about how he was able to still finish fourth. That's what it felt like in this race. Everyone was just going hard at each other, just smacking around. Nobody cared about their cars, but it wasn't like it was a shit show. It was just fun and that's exactly what we needed here in this Martinsville race. Obviously there was two drivers like I said that were just really dominating this race. Ryan Blaney has shown how good he has really gotten in that number 12 machine. It's kind of reminding me a little bit of last year. He was near the top the entire time then near the end he kind of faded out. Hopefully that doesn't happen here again and Denny Hamlin's still showing why he's one of the best drivers here currently in NASCAR because He's been a top competitor in each and every race, and if we were still going off the old point system all the way back in 2003, he would already have a two-race advantage over the rest of the field. That is unbelievable that he's already that many points ahead of everyone else. Martin Trex Jr. sits second in the point standings at 306, and we have Denny Hamlin at 372. That's unbelievable. What a great start for him. And the fact that we had cars coming and going throughout the entire race, I mean, hell, we saw Bubba Wallace go two laps down at the beginning of the race, and then near the end, he was leading some laps. I I mean, it was more towards like three-fifths of the race, but still, he was leading laps. A guy two laps down was leading the race. When was honestly the last time we could sit here and honestly say that? It has always felt like that it was Joe Gibbs... Um, Penske and Henrik just dominating the race and no one else had a chance. It kind of felt like that at the beginning, but here near the end, it seems like it was a crapshoot on who was going to be up there near the front. You had Richard Childress coming up there with some of their drivers. You had um, Roush Fenway Racing coming back, uh, 23XI. You Hell, Daniel Suarez looked good in that Trackhouse Racing team. That number 99 team, they, they are impressing me right now. I don't expect them to make the playoffs right now, but they don't need to make the playoffs to already impress me because, my goodness, for a brand new team... Well done to those guys. Unfortunately, the finish does not do them justice because they finished 32nd. And that leads me to the next thing, the big old log jam that happened around lap 382. Now, (laughs) we have some rivalries now forming. William Byron and Daniel Suarez. Some drivers who kind of stay really neutral in everything. Well, maybe not Daniel Suarez. I mean, I saw him get into a fight when he was racing in the number 41 machine. But it's been a while since we've honestly seen him with that much emotion. And then William Byron, he is more like the squeaky clean image. And now 
we see Daniel Suarez throw a water bottle at him. Uh, yeah, it's just a water bottle, but you know what? That stuff was really great to see. Remember when we saw Robbie Gordon back in all the way 2006 where he threw his helmet at Michael Waltrip? People still remember that to this day. Ward Burton running, walking out onto the track on Bristol throwing his gloves. Tony Stewart throwing his helmet at Matt Kenseth in 2012. That stuff gets in a lot of people's heads. And that is what NASCAR needs right now. We need rivalries to start forming. We need some of this action-packed racing. And guess what? Short tracks do that. And I'm really excited to see what is going to happen here when we get tracks like Auto Club turning into um, a half-mile track, kind of similar to Bristol and Martinsville, it sounds like. Maybe they'll introduce another short track here in the future to the 2022 schedule and beyond. This is what NASCAR needs. They need to show more of these short track races because we've gotten away from this for so long and we were focusing on just going to racetracks that had big cities. When in all reality, we just needed some good racetracks to broadcast to a bunch of people. That's what made a lot of fans tune in before. And to have races like this and to have more short tracks coming in, and people get really excited, especially myself. Hopefully the next-gen car keeps showing the same excitement because these Gen 6 cars have been absolutely phenomenal here at Martinsville. The last thing I want to mention is Rick Rare Racing. Holy guacamole, do these guys have a problem on their hands because seeing teammates fight that much throughout the entire race, ooh, ooh, that was almost cringy. And the fact that James Davison, he brought out the first caution and he still finished 22nd. I mean, that's the best you're ever going to see from Rick Rare Racing is finishing 22nd and 23rd. Obviously, there were a lot of accidents that happened that got them those good finishes. But, man, with the situation going on between James Davison and Cody Ware, there's definitely going to be some awkward conversations there in the shop between those drivers as well as the car owner because I can't believe that those teammates were going at each other that much throughout the entire race. And this team, who gives a damn about this team? There's like a couple people on Twitter that defend them because, um, I don't know, they they, they just want to defend someone in the back. Uh, shout out to them because they like field fillers. But even these guys were putting on a good show for us. So overall, Martinsville, best race of the season by far. I'm looking very forward to the playoffs race. If it's nearly the same excitement, then, oh my gosh, we're going to have a lot of people tuning in into the final races for the 2021 season. And hey, that's what we need. If this is going to be the best season ever, we need more races like this. Hopefully, Richmond is the same. I'm not too optimistic on that because Richmond has put some snoozers on. But who knows? After a race like this, I'm feeling very optimistic. And that's exactly what NASCAR needs. So, well done, NASCAR, and well done to all the drivers, and especially well done to Martin Trex Jr. for getting the second victory. The streak has ended for first-time winners at the beginning of the season, and we're not going to be like 2000 where we had 10 winners in the first 10 weeks. That didn't happen, but hey, it's been a long time since we've seen this many drivers um, win before we see a, saw a repeat driver. I think it was back in 2014, and then before that, it was like 2007. So it's like once every seven years this happens. So well done to everybody on this one. Yeah, everyone can keep their heads up. Moving on to next week. Ah, yes, it is now time for the award show. Some of the best awards here on this podcast are presented here 
every single Monday, well for this week it's Sunday, I'm feeling a little bit of a hard worker this week, these awards get presented to the most well-deserving drivers of the weekend. Let's first start off with one of my personal favorites, let's do the paint scheme award. Which car and team had some of the best paint schemes this weekend? There was a lot of good contenders here. Now, the number 18 of Kyle Busch with that Snickers car, that car honestly looked really good, and it made me want to go get a Snickers. I hate chocolate, but, you know, that purple mixed with the Snickers going across the car, really good-looking car. I, I got to put it as honorable mention because, man, it just looked good to me. And then the double zero of Quinn Hoff. Yeah, that car doesn't usually look good on the racetrack because usually they're going, like, 15 laps down in the race. But with that red and silver, that really stood out as a good-looking car. I really appreciated what they were able to do with that machine this weekend. And it really blended well in the night and the day. Overall, good job by Starcom Racing. Well-deserving to be mentioned here. But I got to give it to Corey LaJoy once again in the Arc IO car. That car was just mean-looking. It was so cool and so sad to see that it got into an accident because... Man, with that flat black mixed with some of those little designs around the car with also that deep red, it just looked good. It looked intimidating. It was just a cool paint scheme, and I got to give it another award. This is now Corey LaJoy's second time on here, and he didn't even need his face on the car. So well done to Spire Motorsports for once again bringing out a good-looking car to the racetrack. Next award we're going to talk about is the Fancy Driver Award. Which driver was it that got the most fancy points for us this weekend? Now, it looked like it was going to be set. It was going to be Ryan Blaney. If not him, Denny Hamlin. But nope. Since Martin Trex Jr. got the victory in both third places in both the stages, scoring 56 points, he was the best fancy driver to have on your team. Unfortunately, I didn't have him. I had Ryan Blaney, and then he ran over that air hose, and all my opportunities just disappeared. Well, it disappeared before that because I also had Brad Keselowski, who's been running super consistent here in the last few years, and then I decided to put him on my team, and then he just goes, oh, big old middle finger in my face. But Martin Trex Jr. is the fantasy winner for this weekend. Hopefully you had him on your fantasy roster because he did you wonders here at Martinsville. Next award we have is the Bum Award, and I think we know, obviously, who's going to get this Bum Award. That is Cody Ware in the number 51. He did everything wrong. You know, remember Brian Vickers back 10 years ago in the number 83 car? It was so bad that they even came up with a brand new term. It was called Vickernism. I got a new term for this. I call it um, Crotiness Awardness. And it's not a good thing either because, my goodness, you get so crazy, you take out your own teammates. You get so angry, you get in everyone's way. You don't know how to keep your car straight. You spin left and right. You're putting out more cautions than Goodyear does at Indianapolis Motor Speedway. It was unbelievable. I have never seen someone fall apart that bad. And he still finished 28th. That is disgusting because you think he actually did adequate in that equipment. And no, he did not. Rick Cody Ware, you gotta be friends with your teammates. I mean, yes, you got a full-time ride locked in, but if you piss off James Davison again, or Rick Rare in that matter, you're not gonna be there that long. You may jeopardize your Indianapolis 500 ride or your full-time ride here in the Cup Series if you cause crotiness, awardness ever again. So take your bum award and get the hell off my podcast. <laughs> And for the final award, it is the Field Filler Award. Now, 
There is a driver that's going to once again get this award, and I think it's well-deserving, but I almost feel like he's no longer a field filler here in the Xfinity series. He's starting to show that he is actually a top 10 contender in every single race, and that's the number 51 of Jeremy Clements. Yes, the 14th place finish may not look as good on paper compared to other races, but he was running in the top 10 and top 5. It wasn't even a road course race where he's known to do good. This is Martinsville. This is where the best teams rise to the top, and he was right there throughout the entire race. I gotta give respect where respect's due, and that number 51 team has turned so much around. I remember that team just being awful and just barely finishing races, and now to see him this competitive here after so many years just well done for this team it's a family-owned team and they still do this good so jeremy clements well done i don't know if i want to call you field filler anymore because you're really not you're now a a top competitor so i'm going to give you this award it might be your last one if you're going to keep doing good results like this because you're no longer a field filler sir You are now a strong competitor that we might see in victory lane here in the 2021 season, if not within the next year for sure. Round of applause for these drivers. Oh, man, just great awards to give out and well-deserving people. I mean, Cody Ware going absolutely nuts and then Jeremy Clements doing absolutely good. And then the number seven car just making me so turned on by sheets of metal with paint on them. Ah, and then just a great, great weekend overall with the racing at Martinsville. I I really love short track racing. We need more of it. And this weekend was a perfect example of that. So thank you guys so much for listening. We will make sure to come back later this week to get our fantasy picks for Richmond. And hopefully I can actually win in our fantasy because I keep finishing fourth every single time. I can't get a podium finish. Everyone else keeps kicking my ass and I keep having all my drivers do really good in the first half and then they go and right there near the end and then can't get the victory. But things will turn around. Maybe Richmond. We shall see. But thank you guys so much for listening to the best and trying out all the rest. I have been able to fill up the last few arraignments of your time so I'm going to take the car and pull it right on into pit road, collect my last place winnings and I am out. So you all take care. This has been the Field Filler Podcast.